Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house again this evening. Amen. Let's stand and start our service with prayer. We count it such a privilege, Lord, to be in your house with your people in your presence. We ask that you would move upon this service as you have in times past, Lord, and we give you the praise and the glory for that, how you've spoken to our hearts and ministered to us through the songs and the testimonies and the word. We ask that you would do it again. We ask, Lord, that you would shut us in in your presence. Draw away our minds from the cares and the things of this world so we can shut us in in your presence that we may think upon you and worship you from our hearts. We ask that you would touch those who are still on the way that are not made it in yet. For that we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> thought we could start our service off with prayer. Well, it's good to be on the winning side. Amen. Glad I've been able to read the scoreboard and Find out what's going to happen in the future. I already know I'm on the winning side. Thank the Lord. My grandpa used to say it so much that I can't hardly think about it without thinking of him. He used to say, he said, now if you knew ahead of time which team was going to win, he said, well, would it matter to you which team you joined on if you were going to play? <laughs> I like to be on the winning side. It feels good to be a winner, doesn't it? Praise his name. It feels good to be an overcomer. Thank the Lord. Maybe you have a testimony upon your heart. Amen. Praise his name. Good. Anybody else? I do thank God for his great love. Amen. His mercy and his kindness. Thank and the his Lord. Goodness. He is everything. I'm glad he's the reality of my heart. I thank you for ever saving me. Amen. My life. Making me a new creature in Christ. Sanctify yes. me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Anybody else? Amen. I'm thankful for salvation and for the word of goodness. Like Sister Norma said, he is such a wonderful God. Amen. He hears and answers prayer and doesn't come to him anytime. And just to see how it works is so encouraging and to know that even when we can't do anything that he can. And he does save souls and we can intercede for souls. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Anybody else? All right. Let's prepare to lift up our voices in song as our sister comes to lead us in singing tonight. Now we begin this evening with number 365. 365, I will sing of my Redeemer. Cruel cross he 
that he's my redeemer tonight one that gave his life for each one of us does someone have a song or a chorus you'd like to sing one seventy two all right at the cross price that Jesus paid
what he's asking of us isn't it that we give ourselves to him that's all he's asking to live for him and let him have his way the, all right i think that's 227 number 227 shall we stand together as we sing if you're able 
All right, you may be seated. Thank you for your good singing. <clears throat> Amen. It's a song of allegiance. It says to the old rugged cross, I will ever be true. Its shame and reproach gladly bear. Sometimes I've been known to sing that his shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share. What a day that's going to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All hearts clear. Any other testimonies? Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Reminds me of my mom's testimony. I heard her say it many times. She said after she got saved, she heard a relative talking to one of her friends and said, Oh, you wouldn't know Joanne. She's a different person. She said that's one of the best compliments she ever had. <laughs> you wouldn't know her. She's changed. She's, something's different. When something happens down inside, you really get born again. Things change. Amen? New name. New creature. Praise the Lord. My grandpa used to say, he said you might even want to change your cologne. Because you're a different person. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. All hearts clear. All right. Oh, go ahead. Amen. Good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Good. Thank the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good. Praise the Lord. That's a good pastime. <laughs> You can come up and pray right now, sister. We'll be happy to pray for you. I, I believe the Lord can save you right now. Don't have to delay. Amen. 
The altar is always open. Anytime during the service, <clears throat> it's always a good place to pray. We met with him right down here before the service started. I know he's here. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think one of the messages that uh, Daryl had given me from John McDonald, I don't remember which message it was, but one of the statements he made in there, he said, Faith is believing God. Obedience is obeying God. Amen. The two together is spiritual success. Believe God and obey God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Well, we'll take the, up, the evening offering at this time. Brother Michael, come.
Thank the Lord for the hiding place. Hiding place in Him. Praise His name. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. And stand with me if you would. <clears throat> to read a little poem to you by Walt Huntley. It says, Have you ever stopped to wonder what this life is all about? Why you're here and where you're going when your lease on time runs out? Maybe you've been far too busy trying hard to reach your goal. Would you let me ask you kindly, have you thought about your soul? You may reach the highest portals and your dreams may all come true. Wealth and fame may be your portion and success may shine on you. All your friends may sing your praises, not a care on you may roll. What about the great tomorrow? Have you thought about your soul? Don't forget your days are numbered, though you may be riding high. But like all of us poor mortals, someday you'll just up and die. Your success and fame and glory won't be worth the bell they toll. Let me ask you just one question. Have you thought about your soul? If you've never thought it over, spend a little time today. There is nothing more important that will ever come your way than the joy of sins forgiven and to know you've been made whole. In the name of Christ the Savior, have you thought about your soul? I'd like to read to you in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Begin to read at verse number 10. We have an altar, whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate, let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. I'd like to turn over to Matthew. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 12, verse number 34. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 34. So the words of Jesus. Says, old generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, 
And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Let us pray. We love you, dear Heavenly Father, and we thank you for how you've ministered to our hearts in times past, how you've led us thus far, how you've put so much truth upon our pathway, Lord. Let us walk in obedience tonight as you open up your word. Break the bread of life to us. Feed our hungry hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turning back to Hebrews for just a moment, I want us to look at that sacrifice of praise. That sacrifice of praise. He says, by him, therefore, referring to Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Have you ever thought about the fruit of your lips? Have you ever thought of it as being a sacrifice? Do you know what a sacrifice is? Many people don't know what a sacrifice is anymore. They don't have to give up anything when they become a Christian. You don't hear about repentance much anymore preached at many churches. They just come to Jesus as you are and go as you are. That's the way they seem to preach it. But there are some sacrifices that have to be made. There's the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary, the atoning, precious blood of the Lamb. There are sacrifices that you need to make if you are one of His. The sacrifice of praise. The fruit of your lips. Have you ever thought about the fruit of your lips? What is a fruit? What is a fruit? It's the produce. It's whatever uh, a tree produces. We think of produce. We think of fruit. We think of fruit on a tree or fruit on a plant. And we think, is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? Is it a good tree? Is it a bad tree? Jesus made it very clear. He said, if a tree brings forth a certain kind of fruit, that's how you know what kind of tree that is. If you bring forth good fruit, it's a good tree. It brings forth bad, bad fruit, evil fruit, it's a bad tree. How do we know it's an apple tree, you might say? Well, come harvest time, there's an apple hanging from the branch. There's an apple there. That's how we know it's an apple tree. Someone come up to you and try to tell you that it's a pear tree. You'd think they're foolish. You'd think they're being silly. You'd think they're trying to pull one over on you. Yet people do that every day. We see it all around us. People produce evil fruit, but yet they say they're a good tree. They're a good tree. The Bible says otherwise. Jesus says otherwise. Here he talks about the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. A lot of people want to sacrifice things that's not worth anything. I had someone come to me, and I'll just make it clear before I tell you the story. It's not about the amount of money. You're not going to buy your way into the kingdom. We pass the offering plate around, and you're not going to get any closer to God if you give a bigger amount or a small amount. Jesus taught a valuable lesson there at the temple that day. Remember the widow cast in her beggarly, meager portion, said she gave of her substance. God loves a cheerful giver, but you won't get any closer to God through your gift to Him. But we were doing some street outreach at one point, and uh, I don't know that any of you were here, so you wouldn't even know who it was. Never met her before, never seen her before, never seen her since, but a lady pulled up and she said, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate that somebody's out here being faithful to these souls. And I said, well, we'd appreciate if you'd come out too. You know, we're not special. We're just like everybody else. These people need to hear the truth. They need to hear the gospel. 
And I said, here's, a, here's some scripture booklets. Here's some gospel tracts that you can hand out. She said, well, here, here, let me give you something. I said, we're not out here to take any donation. No, no, here, here. And she got in her purse. Again, it's not the amount. Wouldn't have matter if it had $1,000. But she got in her purse and gave me 75 cents in quarters. 75 cents in quarters. Again, it's not about the amount. It could have been $1,000. Doesn't make any difference. I said, all right. I said, we'll see that it goes to buy more scripture booklets. And I said, here, here's what you can do. Here's uh, some scripture booklets that you can hand out to your family members or friends. I don't, I, what more do you want? I already gave you money. Leave me alone, she said. I already did my part. I already gave you money. Again, it's not, it wouldn't matter if it's $1,000 or 75 cents. makes no difference. She made a sacrifice, huh? Wasn't much of a sacrifice. People don't want to give much of a sacrifice to a God who came down and sacrificed his only begotten son. Gave his only son on a cross that you and I might have salvation. We preached this afternoon out there in Springfield about that one lost lamb, the shepherd, leaving the 99 and going out, sacrificing his life for that one lost sheep. If it had been just you, Jesus would have come and died for you. Would have come and completed salvation's plan for just one soul. Just for one soul that they wouldn't perish. The sacrifice of praise. Do you sacrifice praise to the Lord? Says the offering. Offer it up. Offer the sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice is something that's given completely. Or given wholly. Spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y. Given completely. Something that's given completely to God. Many times in the Old Testament it was a burnt sacrifice. When somebody gave something to God, there wasn't any chance of them bringing it back off the altar. For you see, it was consumed by that holy fire. A real sacrifice in the New Testament is consumed by that holy fire. There's people that want to come up to the altar and give God this and give God that. I remember it was Lawrence B. Hicks, if I remember correctly. He said, you come up to the altar. He was preaching on consecration, consecrating your life to him. He said, people come up to the altar and they said, God, I give you my job. I give you my car. I give you my spouse. I give you this. I give you that. He said, quit your dancing around and just give him your all. That's what he wants. God wants your all. He wants everything. He wants everything at his disposal. He'll have all or he'll have nothing. sacrifice of praise he goes on to here and explain exactly what this sacrifice is what is this sacrifice what is it that we put on the altar the holy altar and sacrifice to the Lord it's the sacrifice of praise to God continually how often continually when continually on occasion every November no says continually, the sacrifice of praise to God continually. He says it's the fruit of our lips, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The fruit, the fruit. If you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to remember this statement. Every person praises something or someone. The fruit of every person's lips praise someone or something. Every person. You don't have to talk to them for very long to find out what they're praising. In the church and outside the church. Think about that a little bit. 
I wouldn't have to get you talking very long before I could figure out what you're praising. What's the center of your life? Is it a thing? Is it an item? Is it a person? Is it yourself? I talked to a person not too long ago and I, I stopped him and I said, you know what? You're just really sold on yourself. You are just thoroughly sold on yourself. I mean, you, you just think you, your mind is the boss of everybody and the whatever comes into your mind is just true. You're thoroughly convinced that you're right in every aspect and there is not a lick that you can improve on in your life. You are really sold on yourself. You're really stuck on yourself. That's true with a lot of people in the church and outside the church. Think about it. What do you praise? What do you glorify? Who do you glorify? You hear people talk? What is it? What is it that they like to talk about so much? Is it the Lord they like to talk about continually? Is it giving thanks to His name they like to talk about continually? What do they like to talk about? One, one preacher was preaching along, he was preaching real fiery, and then he stopped and he said, Boy, it got quiet. Now you should think, yeah, I got quiet because you stopped talking. But I want us to think about that for a little bit. May the Lord stir our hearts along those lines. What is it? What is it that we're praising? What is it that we're giving glory to? Is it our own thoughts? Is it our own way of thinking? Is it ourselves? Is it something else, an item that we're just so excited about? Is it a person that we're so excited about? Are we so excited about ourselves and everything that we can do and we're just so stuck on ourselves and everything all about us the way we think rightly and do rightly and we're just so proud of ourselves we just that's all we want to talk about. You ever met anybody like that? Or maybe it's an idol, maybe it's a thing. Somebody gets a new shiny car, we can pick on uh, Norma a little bit because she can take it. Her car is on the altar. So much so, I think one time I saw her keys on the altar. Maybe that was by mistake, but she surrendered. She doesn't have any pride in that car. Something happens to it. It's the Lord's car. You can tell. You can just tell. There's nothing wrong with having nice stuff. One person said that you can't be a Christian and have a shiny car. I said, you have pride in that. I said, my friend, you have a shiny car and have pride in it. You get rid of the car and still have the pride. <laughs> that poor car don't have nothing wrong with it. By the way, if you have any of those problems, you have a shiny car that you can't live with, well, you just let me know. I'll help you with that. <laughs> Pride lieth in the heart. Self-centeredness lieth in the heart, not in the things, not in the ability. I don't want to give away too many details, but I was praying with a person at one point years ago. They had limited mental capacities, and I think everybody in this room would probably agree. Doctors would agree. Educational teachers would agree. Their capacities were limited. There's been some accidents. There's been some things happen. I don't want to give away too many details. The gist of it is, a person came to the altar and said, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. I have pride. I need, I need help with my pride. I'm really stuck on myself. I really think a lot of myself. And in passing another person... Supposedly, supposed to be a Christian, kind of smirked a little bit and say, he's got problems with pride. And I said, yeah, I think that's the way the Lord looks on all of us. 
What do we have to be prideful about? What do we have to be self-centered about? But Him. But what He's done for us. What do you like to talk about? There's nothing wrong with being talkative. Don't get me wrong. God wants us to be talkative. <laughs> if you're a talkative person and you have a talkative personality, God wants you to be talkative. But it's to be about Him. It's to be that sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually. The fruit of our lips. Everyone's lips praise something or someone. And it's our choice who we praise. It's your choice. It's my choice. No one else's choice. Can't blame someone else. Oh, they got me interested in that. They got me talking about that. Nope. It's just you and the Lord. It's you. It's on you. It's your choice. The fruit. What kind of fruit do your lips produce throughout the week? Spiritually, what kind of fruit? If we'd come around at harvest time, if we'd come around at the end of the week, and we would take a survey and we'd ask you how much time you spent talking. And out of that time, how much time did you spend talking about the Lord? How much time did you spend talking about yourself? How much time did you spend talking about someone else? Somebody could say, well, I'm not stuck on myself. I'm always talking about other people. Well, that's your opinion of the other people. You're to be talking about God. You're to be lifting praise to Him. You're to be giving thanks to Him. If we would set you down and have you just talk like a normal conversation for two or three hours, and we would make some categories, what would it be that you would talk the most about if you could just say whatever you wanted to? What do you talk about with your friends, your best friend? You know, that one that you feel so free to talk with. I had someone call me up. It's been years ago. Said, oh, I'm so glad I can, I can talk to you and just share what's on my heart. And they just poured out their heart. Just thought, Lord, thank you that it was me and not someone else. Thank you that no one else had to put up with that. And I asked him, I said, how much time have you talked to the Lord about this? How much time have you spent talking to the Lord? You know what I found out in my own life? I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else. What I found out in my own life is that when I talk to the Lord, when I spend ample time with the Lord in His presence, maybe it's minutes, maybe it's hours. I've spent hours in prayer before. I spent as much as six hours in prayer. And when I got done praying, I didn't have any words about anybody else to talk about. I didn't have anything about myself that I wanted to talk about. You know who I wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about the Lord. And it will change your life. It will change your life. He says what's inside will come out. Let's turn back over to Matthew. What's inside will come out. The treasure. Think of a treasure. Think of someone coming forth and bringing a present to your house just so beautifully wrapped up. I, I've gotten some beautifully wrapped presents. There's some folks in this church that just really know how to wrap up gifts. I'll just leave it at that. Some of them are not here tonight. But think of a treasure. Someone, something that's valuable to a person and they bring it to you and they give it to you and, and you take the time to open it up and 
I don't like to just rip into the gifts. My mom taught me and said, enjoy the wrapping. <laughs> Open it up slowly. When, we were, when we'd have Christmas morning or our birthday, we'd never take those bows and throw them in the trash can. She said, save those. They're pretty. They can be reused. We'd take, take time to take the bow off. If it was really nice wrapping paper or maybe a gift bag, we'd take time to disassemble it carefully and find out where the tape is and undo it. Take your time getting into this precious treasure. And you open it up. And it's whatever's inside this person's heart. Think about that. The treasure, the treasure, what they cherish down inside, what is it? And you may open it up from one of your friends and you say, oh, that's just an image of themselves. They're just giving me a treasure out of their heart. They're just giving me a little image of themselves because they're stuck on themselves and that's all they want to talk about. That's what their treasure is all about. Things that they've done in life. Maybe they've done great things. Maybe if you've done great things, it's not always your duty to tell everybody and his brother the great things that you've done. <laughs> Maybe you know somebody that's done great things. Imagine opening up that treasure, that gift that someone's so cherished and given to you, take time to wrap it up, and they give it to you, and you open it up so carefully, and it's a picture of someone else. Wow, thank you. <laughs> but imagine if it was the Lord. They just want to talk about the Lord. A true Christian is just so, so centered on the Lord. Their life revolves around Him. You can't get them to talk about very much before they want to talk about the Lord. I remember some folks, my grandpa relayed the story about he worked at this one place and they brought some complaints against him to the boss. Said you can't talk to him very long, he just wants to talk about the Lord all the time. Boss said, well, is he doing his job? Is he slacking? Is he shirking somewhere? Yeah, he's a hard worker. He outworks some of us some of the times. So he's not, not doing a very good job. and Oh, he's doing a good job. So what's the problem? He just likes to talk about the Lord. <laughs> it's a pretty good complaint, isn't it? Just want to talk about the Lord. Do your job good. You might get by with talking about the Lord. Some people want to just not do their job. They want to be lazy and just talk about the Lord. You want to be a good witness, do your work, and talk about the Lord. It says here in Matthew 12, 34, O generation of, <coughs> generation of vipers, what is a viper? Somebody tell me what a viper is. Snake. It's a snake. What kind of snake is it? It's a poisonous snake. A viper is one that has death by the mouth. You ever heard of a spitting viper? Spitting viper. How many remembers the name uh, Brother Brueger? Do you remember Brueger, Brother Brueger? I believe he's pastoring a mission on Broad Street in Columbus now. Older gentleman. Used to talk about being on the mission, mission field used to talk about going out at night. You know, they didn't have running water and didn't have bathrooms there next to the bedroom. Said they had an old outhouse. Used to talk about going out at night. And he said they just had a little candle, a little flashlight. Kind of dim. He said they uh, had warned him about some of the critters that was out at night. And they warned him about the spitting cobra. Said the spitting cobra can spit sometimes 8 to 12 feet. And it spits for the eyes. It's poison in the eyes. It'll actually make you go blind. If you get spit in the eyes, 
by a spitting cobra to put out your eyesight. It's so painful while you're wallowing around trying to get your eyesight back. It'll have you. That sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? So Brother Brueger, smart man that he was, he said when he'd go out at night, he'd cover one eye. He said if he'd spit in one eye, he said he'd uncover the other one and take off running. That was his plan. <laughs> but Jesus said, oh, generation of vipers, death by the mouth. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? If you're evil, how do you think you're going to speak good things? If you have corruptness in your heart, if you have wickedness in your heart, if you have self-centeredness in your heart, how, how are you going to say good things? He says, for out of the abundance. Do you know what the word abundance means? Out of the benevolence, out of the overflow. See, what overflows from the inside comes out in your speech. Whatever is inside, whatever is inside enough to bubble over will come out as fruit of your lips. What do you talk about? Some person said, well, I don't mean to sound critical, but... I said, okay, well, thanks for clearing that up because it was starting to sound pretty critical. I don't mean to sound like I'm stuck on myself, but... Okay, well, thanks for clearing that up because it was starting to sound that way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Do you understand what he's saying? That there's nothing that comes out of your lips that's not already in your heart? Some people say, oh boy, I can't believe I said that. Take your words. Examine them closely. It's what's in your heart. It's what's down inside. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth can't speak anything that's not down in the heart, he's saying. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart, or good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Look what he says here in verse 36. Pretty disturbing. 37, he says, Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And he says, For thy words thou shalt be justified. Oh, there'd be some people who'd really like that, wouldn't they? They'd like to stop right there and say, Oh, I've got lots of good things to say about myself. I can justify myself real well. There's some people that they, they can about talk themselves out of anything. They can talk anybody. They could talk themselves out of a speeding ticket. They could talk themselves out of being in trouble. They just got something always to talk about, something to say. They just got, that oh boy, they just got everything. And they, they would do real good with this one. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. Oh, that sounds pretty good. They get on the day of judgment. They got lots of excuses of why they are like they are. It's not their fault. It's not this way. It doesn't look this way. It doesn't look like it looks. It's not really like it looks. You've heard people say that. I'm not really as bad as it looks. This is my intention. It's over here. Out here, let me tell you about it. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah, I got some explaining to do, all right. But then he goes on to say, For by thy words... Thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Pretty stirring. Your words are pretty powerful. James says the tongue is the rudder of your life. In other words, it guides your life. It will guide the course of your life. What's in your heart will come out in your lips. 
and your tongue. Be careful. Be really careful. He says, Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. You ever thought about your idle words? Your idle words. You know what a vehicle does when it idles? It just burns up gas, is all it does. That's about all it does. Burns up gas. I got that little Mitsubishi Mirage, and I, one time, when my wife, before she was my wife, came up to visit, stayed at my parents' house, and we don't believe it's a good example to stay under the same roof if you're not married. So I stayed under the car, and I drove over to the church parking lot and stayed in the truck, or stayed in the car. That little Mitsubishi Mirage, it was a cold, wintry night. I think it was last Christmas, about to have been almost a year ago. And uh, found out that had that has uh, auto climate control. Put it on whatever temperature you want, and lay the seat back there, and just let it buzz away and keep you warm all night. I let that thing run and let it idle all night. We didn't go anywhere, but it kept me warm. I think I did that two or three nights, and it only cost me a few dollars in fuel. It's a little three-cylinder. Open it up, looks like a little lawnmower engine in there. Feel like maybe I should put a little belly mower deck underneath there and mow the church grass with it small enough. But you let a vehicle idle, it don't go anywhere. A lot of times it's just sitting there in neutral. You can even rev up on the gas, but it's just idling. Just chugging away. All it's doing is burning up gas. Makes a stink too sometimes. I remember one time we had the tool truck fired up and the fumes were hovering around while we were trying to work. We didn't really need to start it that early. Ended up making me sick. Got real bad sick on the fumes, the diesel fumes, without realizing it. Sick for a couple days. Idle words. Words that don't really have any meaning. Words that don't really serve any purpose. Idle words. I think we're along the lines, I think we should mention something about slang words and cuss words. And taking the Lord's name in vain. Some people say, well, I don't take the Lord's name in vain, so that's all right. There's a lot of slang words that are floating around. I remember a little gospel track I ran across, and I'm sure I have it somewhere. I can't find it. But on the front of it is I had a catchy little question. And on the front of it, it said, are cows really holy? Sounds funny, doesn't it? But it went in there, and it started explaining about all the little crutch words that we've developed in our English language. And you can actually go back in the dictionary and look them up and find out that they're slang words for God's name. Some people say G-E-E. -E. That's a slang for God. I don't want to repeat some of the words, but take some of your crutch words. It was stirring in my own heart. I had some words. They weren't bad words. They weren't evil words. The world didn't think they were bad. They were not uh, trending words by any stretch of the imagination, but I used to have little words that I would say when something didn't go right or something went right. I'd have these little words, and they were just little crutch words. They really didn't serve any purpose. It was just out of habit, something I'd say if something went wrong. Again, not a slang word. Didn't have any acronym for the Lord's name, but just little crutch words. They were just little idle words. And it took some training. I had to retrain my brain. I say, Lord, I don't need to be using these idle words. These words don't serve any purpose. I want to make sure that the things that come out of my mouth are edifying to the believers and praiseful to the Lord. And you know, I don't say those words anymore. Lord, help me with that. 
takes some retraining. You get some habits. They say you make your habits and your habits make you, and that's true. But you can break habits with the Lord's help. It takes them a little bit of time. Don't get discouraged about it. Ask the Lord to help you. Stay on top of it before you know it. You'll be different. Your words will be different. When he says that by your words you'll be justified and by your words you'll be condemned and you're given account for every idle word, that's pretty serious, isn't it? I want to make sure that I lift up the sacrifice of my lips, the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Sacrifice of praise to God continually. I don't want to be one that destroys others or destroys God's reputation with my mouth. I don't want to be a viper. And I'm sure that you don't either. Let us be found faithful. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You want to please the Lord? That's how to do it. it says he's well pleased. Not just pleased, but he's well pleased. It means that he's satisfied when his people praise him continually. Let the fruit of your lips, the fruit of your conversation, give praise and glory to the Lord. Not yourself, not an item, not someone else but to the Lord. If you're His, you've been bought with a price. You owe it to Him. Let's stand tonight. Where our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if anyone needs to pray, this altar is open. It's a good place to meet with the Lord. Don't put it off if the Lord is dealing with your heart. Don't put it off. God's spoken to you about something. You need to change your vocabulary. Don't put it off. Settle it right down here at the altar tonight. Doesn't have to take a big long time. Doesn't mean you have to pray around for an hour and a half or two or three or till midnight. Get it settled. Get it under the blood of Jesus. If he's spoken to you about something, get it taken care of. Thank God we only have to confess our sins to him and him only. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that does the forgiven. He's the one that we're supposed to talk to about that. Wouldn't do you much good to confess your sins to me. I can't forgive you. I don't need to know about it. If you have any sin, anything you need to get taken care of, that's between you and the Lord. Anybody need to pray tonight? Amen. One has come. Anybody else? Settle it in your heart. Heard a preacher friend of mine mention something pretty important, something we don't often think about. Talked about a time he was in a service and God spoke to his heart about something. He put it off. Said he left out of that service and as soon as he got out the door, it said something else was on his mind. He forgot plumb about it. He was going to seek the Lord when he got home. The time he got home, he forgot all about it. Went about his day and forgot all about it. He got back the next night and the Lord dealt with him again on it. There's a meeting, a revival. So that time he said, you know, I'm going to settle it as soon as I get home. Maybe in the car on the way. He said he got out and started seeking the Lord about it. Took it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I know you spoke to my heart about this. And I want to get it taken care of. He said for some reason, just couldn't get it taken care of. He said the Lord had spoke to his heart at church. The Lord told him, said, you need to go back. You need to go back. Go up to the altar. 
spoke to you at church and you didn't want to go up to the altar because you were a little too proud, a little too concerned about your reputation. He said, you can't get this blessing at home. You have to get this one at the altar. I don't know what the situation is, but if God's spoken to your heart, don't put it off, dear friend. Nothing's worth eternity without God. Another passage that mentions prophet, he says, what should a man gain if he should, what should a man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What kind of, what kind of fruit would that produce? What kind of gain would that be? If you could gain the whole world, and you can't, but if you could, wouldn't profit anything. Anyone else need to pray tonight? The altar's open. Lord's spoken to your heart. Don't fool anybody. You're not fooling anybody. You're not tricking anybody. Lord, put this message on my heart a few days ago. It's not because of who's here or who's not here. Just rule that out of your mind. I wasn't even thinking about anybody that's going to be here when God put it on my heart. I'm just being the faithful messenger boy. Amen. Those of you that know the value of prayer, let's gather in and pray. The rest of you, you may be dismissed if you so desire.